0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story, our friend Garland continues to make the news the story we talked about yesterday where he was covered in the new york times described as a conspiracy theorist which was picked up by yahoo was on the home page of yahoo that's when i decided that this guy was really a threat to them and i also figured out why they referred to him as a conspiracy theorist this is why as i reread the article as i was like, kept appearing in different places it said that he was it was saying that the that the lawsuits were taken up by Trump supporters and conspiracy theorists. And what's interesting is he's not a Trump supporter. Garland isn't a Trump supporter. Neither I didn't vote for Trump. He didn't vote for Trump. And yet he is the one leading the charge in this case. So they cannot blame it on partisanship. So they say conspiracy theorists, but they also say conspiracy theorists, I believe, whereas His, they're just trying to paint him with that brush. But my answer is also this, isn't the idea of election fraud, voter fraud, lack of election integrity, always and everywhere, a conspiracy theory, wasn't Al Gore and that entire uh, movement in 2000, a conspiracy theory, 2004, when John Kerry supposedly lost to the Diebold voting machine glitches or corruption in Ohio, all of that stuff means there was some conspiracy to to impact the election and not conduct the election according to the rules of the uh, election integrity. So they have to be conspiracy theorists, theories.
1: Yeah, only certain conspiracy theories are, I guess, credible uh, in in their minds. But yeah, Garland has come under attack and you make a couple of great points that I want to reference, but I want to tell you exactly what they said. So this was from the AP and... The AP is a newswire. So if you type in the exact quotes or the paragraphs that you see from the AP and you put quotes around them into Google, you will get a long list of other news organizations, many of them local news organizations that are posting the exact same thing that the AP has put.
0: Usually it's the actual same article. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the same words. Yeah, it's the exact same word. That's what I'm saying. They verbatim, they just reproduce the AP article. So this is being spread everywhere. And the article is about how the push to review the 2020 ballots is spreading across the country. And it's not just in Arizona. And they tell about the emerging efforts across the country. Like they say that... And uh, officials in rural Michigan are debating a review of the voting machines. A similar debate has popped up in New Hampshire and a New Hampshire town where they're going to look at the voting machines. And then we have Georgia, Arizona, and they say that this profusion of audits alarms election experts who note that the Arizona audit has set a troubling new precedent of third, parties, third party party. Partisan review of the ballots long after the election is over. Little aside is I find it ironic that all the people who roll out third party fact checkers to fact check anything they don't like, anything somebody says that they don't like has a problem with third party outside reviews of the ballots. And they said that. This is bad enough that it's happened once, but seeing this happen across the country is dangerous for democracy. This is out of the AP. And then it moves on to Georgia, saying Georgia is the biggest new entry into this audit field. And they're talking about Fulton County and the ruling where the plaintiffs, which is Garland and others, are going to be able to inspect the 147,000 ballots. And here's how they describe Garland. They say the lawsuit was spearheaded by Garland Favrito, a longtime skeptic of Georgia's voting system. ...who has embraced conspiracy theories about 9-11, Clinton-era scandals, and Supreme Court justices. Favrito said he voted for Don Blankenship, the U.S. Constitution Party candidate for president last year, so he didn't vote for Trump. And to your point, they're calling him a conspiracy theorist. They're saying he was into Clinton-era scandals that... uh, I don't know what Supreme Court justice conspiracies they're talking about, but Garland believed that John Ossoff won the special election in Georgia in 2017. And he was trying to expose that problem over there. So he is not partisan at all. John Ossoff is one of the most progressives. He's like their their new Obama. And they're trying to make make it sound like Garland's a Trump supporter here.
0: And he also saw that there was funny business in the Roy Moore case in Alabama. Was it is it Alabama or Arkansas? Alabama,
1: yeah, okay. it was Alabama.
0: So and then that was later absolutely revealed. It was presented in a whitewashed way. But if you want to know about what happened in Alabama, Doug Jones benefited from new knowledge and a literal conspiracy that somebody blew the whistle on, on robbing Roy Moore as unattractive or attractive a candidate he was in your opinion that they he would have won. And Garland knew that before even the scandals broke about how they robbed him of that election. And I a few more things.
1: Yeah, I've never known Garland to be anything but focused on the actual integrity of the election. The least partisan person I've ever met, probably.
0: And he makes it very clear what he suspects, what he knows, what his evidence is. He's really scrupulous like that. He understands laws, process, procedure. He, he files lawsuits. You have to be precise if you're winning lawsuits in this hostile environment. I think they also mentioned his book, which I have, but have not yet read. Now I want to read it. They, who is not a skeptic of election machines? Who is not a skeptic? who actually cares or knows about election integrity. And (laughs) what they didn't say was that he presented regardless. He didn't care that his candidate for uh, secretary of state did not win, although he identified Raffensperger as being underqualified. He still presented his recommendations and findings about the balloting machines, and he anticipated the problems they were going to have. So a skeptic of the machines is nothing. Is is just the beginning. He is a guy who offered timely and constructive critiques of the machines in time to have prevented all of this from happening. Also, did it actually say that they were a new entrant into this fight into it the did, election? Yeah, that's crazy because we were. It was he filed. I believe it was in December at the latest. Because we were talking to him about these suits in December. That was one of the, one of my YouTube interviews with him that got taken down already.
1: Yeah, there's nothing new about them entering this. It's only new that the media is focusing on it because they were ignoring it completely until it started to have a little bit of success after a lot of hard work. And now they are full on ready to attack Garland and the effort in Georgia.
0: Right. And they were actually putting out misinformation about it. All the, i I heard people say all of the uh cases have been resolved or dismissed, that there was the recounts and the audits in Georgia as if they were undisputedly confirming the results they were
1: not. Yep. And one other one other yeah, quick thing about that. First draft news is an organization that we talked about during our last Rockfin video. They're kind of at the center of creating talking points. And one of their heads was In this deconstruction we did where they were talking about how to control the local news from the top. Well, First Draft News sent out an alert today specifically focused on the Georgia audit and talked about Garland within that. So he is getting attention from the most high level secret operators.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if that's why Lou Dobbs lost his job, because he had Garland on and he was covering the story. And now they're coming around because he's going to get to see those ballots. And that judge did it right. And when the no, no Agenda played the clip of our introduction of Garland the other day, they mentioned when Garland said there are restrictions on how we're going to look at these ballots, No Agenda said those restrictions are good. And Garland did, too. And it is because it will keep from any of the criticisms that are coming out over Arizona from happening. So he's getting what he wants, which is very high resolution grayscale images. So he should be able to see a lot of the things he's looking for. And I believe they are going to be able to visually inspect the actual ballots without touching them unless there's a reason to touch them. I mean, it is really uh, it looks like it's going to be very threatening if there is fraud and they have to they're going to plan B because now they're not saying he's going to find nothing. I haven't heard anybody say that they're talking about maybe finding something.
1: Yeah, that's why they don't want people addressing the content of the claims simply attack the motives of the person delivering it.
0: That's right. And the other thing about the Georgia case that I always thought would be true, because even if you overturned the electoral votes for Georgia, Biden would still win. It's only if it starts the dominoes falling and other sketchy states like there's four, maybe three other states that are really in play here. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, maybe Wisconsin or stuff like other states could from the beginning were a little sketchy and you'd have to have lost them all. So in order for there actually to be a difference. I don't think we're ever getting there. I don't think I, there's just so much corruption. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But the dominoes might start falling and then you'll have a problem that isn't controlled. There's dialectic, there's unrest. They will try to make lemonade out of it, but I don't think they really want it to be this way. And I will also say one of the things that the judge did, which sounds kind of uh, jerky, but Again, it it will keep anyone from saying that this is a taxpayer funded thing and it's a waste of money. Garland and his group, Voter GA, has to pay for this. So VoterGA.org is a nonprofit uh, and it's tax deductible. So you can actually if you give some money, we contributed something on behalf of the propaganda report. Listeners, and if you are interested in being part of the solution and feeling like you had a role in this historic event, go to voterga.org slash donate. He said that people have been donating. It's really nice. And I, we weren't talking about this for that reason, but it, it is, I feel proud to be a part of it. So uh, but, you know, speaking of conspiracies, so he talks about those conspiracies. And I mean, I tell you half the time, uh, how can you not think there are conspiracies? There are anything that's called a closed door meeting is a bunch of people trying to figure out what they're going to do to get their way, to get their way without other people knowing how. And we see that every time we look at a World Economic Forum meeting. And it's not like it's absolutely secret. It's not secret. They have to get the word out. But they are confident that I mean, those very low volume watch watch numbers on the YouTube videos proves that this they are just talking to their own people and they can get away with this conspiring basically publicly. And then like when you show us those videos, we see company after company. Revealing these plans. Coca-Cola was the most famous one or the most obvious one to me, where the CEO introduced his new guy in charge of implementing, I guess it's ESG standards, something like that. And then when the world looked at this guy requiring, I think the case was that he was requiring all Coke lawyers to have a prescribed percentage of people of color as their employees. That just seemed like overreach. So the CEO throws that guy under the bus. He doesn't say, well, the World Economic Forum told me to do it or I applauded this guy when I was at the World Economic Forum virtual Davos. But but we know that that's, these orders are being given and followed and that's the end product is the what you see in the news.
1: Yes. And I have another example of this signaling to this great reset and it comes from Walmart and it happened yesterday. So yesterday, as you mentioned, or I think we mentioned earlier, it was the anniversary of George Floyd's death, at least when they say that he died. And there was a lot of people making statements about it. And Walmart got in on the action. I was browsing Walmart's online site and prominently featured was a clickable link that said, Today we remember, tomorrow we take action. Our commitment, support black communities. And then you click on it and it is a long letter. I'm not going to read the whole letter, just going to give you a couple highlights. And it was... Totally directed at the ESG, environmental social governance standards of the Great Reset. Couple passages that are relevant. Speaking about the death of George Floyd, the letter says this was not an isolated event. We have a long history of racism and we see unacceptable events continue. And we understand that this is more than just a policing reform or criminal justice conversation. The fact shows that change is needed in our financial education, and healthcare systems too. And then they go on to list all of the money they've donated and all the organizations they've partnered with when it comes to Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ stuff. And then they get into the progress they're making and the metrics they're reporting. They say there has been action and we are seeing progress. We're now reporting in greater detail our diversity metrics Twice a year, they're reporting that their diversity metrics. Now, our percentage of African American and Black officers is increasing. We have that's ni- exactly yeah.
0: That's exactly what the World Economic Forum, ESG, Coke—they were all talking about how they were doing it, but they won't tell you that it's a worldwide globalist yes. corporation strategy. On what? Like, is it because they really love? Black lawyers. There's no way it really strikes me of the communist fascist looking towards identity and ethnicity to divide or unite Mm. this population as to suit their purposes.
1: Definitely. And they go on to say that 95 percent of our officers have participated in two day racial equity workshops. And we've partnered with McKinsey and Company, which is the Deep State of Deep statey consulting agencies to deliver one of the most comprehensive studies on race in the workplace called the Black Experience in the U.S. Private Sector to influence other companies to learn and change as well.
0: I think I've seen McKinsey mentioned a few times in, in some of these plans, so let's watch, watch out for more
1: from uh-huh. them. And one question about this is ask yourself this. Who is this long letter Walmart put out for? It's not for people in rural communities that don't have Internet or people in low income communities. This is for the Great Reset. This is signaling that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And in a stroke of irony or dialectic, as you pointed out, another Walmart story today. Walmart apologizes after racist email with the N word is sent to hundreds of customers around the world on the one year anniversary of George Floyd's death. So we get this long letter about racial justice on the one hand from Walmart. Then we get a story about them sending the N word to hundreds of customers. That has to, I I don't know. You have to tell me a little bit more about that, but I
0: wouldn't be surprised if that's in the same vein as validating the skepticism I just expressed to you one second ago about how I don't trust these companies for a second. I was completely reminded as you were telling me the original Walmart story of, I think it's the first book you ever gave me. It was a Harold Laswell book and it talked about national security and individual freedom. And it talked about how to change people's opinion on how much. um, Uh, How many how many restrictions they can take on their liberties, how to reshape the government in the name of freedom, even though it was all about restricting freedom. It talked about how to get to to make committees in Congress to subvert the kind of open process, all that stuff. And in the back, if you look at what who funded the study, I think he was a Yale professor. But it was a privately funded study book, whatever the book was a result of the study. It was just mega corporation after mega corporation paying this guy to figure out how to convince us that they're changing our system was in our interest. And that's you see all the time what's happening behind the scenes. They are plotting and it's the corporations
1: serving themselves you know you make a great point that does just validate what they were saying systemic racism look it just happened here and what do they blame it on another another little wrinkle here they blame it on a data breach a cyber hack perhaps and i can see cyber hackers now right wingers maybe that go in and and deliver racial slurs when they hack in to these companies around across the board
0: I wonder if we should add to our newsletter, like agenda, what to watch out for. So this, this the cyber thing is definitely a big one right now. And it I mean, there, there are always red letter issues, but obviously the vaccines is something push, push, push the cyber theory, push, push, push supply chain, inflation, what they're talking about right now. And so many of these articles multitask.
1: They do multitask. Uh, Bernays really loves preaching that cross pollination. They love it.
0: Yes, yes. I've seen evidence of that as well. So just speaking of propaganda and how it really works and it gets so obvious that it's almost too obvious. You don't believe it. It's that big lie kind of. I remember the first time I heard Chris Cuomo. I didn't know who he was. I was trying to pull a clip about somebody. I don't know, Ukraine. So that was like maybe seven years ago. Maybe it was about Rand Paul. I don't know. But I remember listening to this clip and it was awful. And I thought, this is the worst journalist ever. This guy is on (laughs) CNN. Only to discover it was Chris Cuomo. And I said, Chris Cuomo? Like the Cuomos? Like Andrew Cuomo was the governor and Mario Cuomo was the governor when I was a kid? And it was his brother. And I thought, are you serious? The guy who's covering the news is the brother of somebody in great power, the governor of one of the most populous states in the union. And of course, the problem is that you're not getting your First Amendment free press effect if your journalists are in bed or having Thanksgiving dinner with the most powerful guy in your province, you know, to use a kind of ancient idea. So guess what happened? Jeff Zucker comes out and says uh, Chris Cuomo went too far, stepped over the line. I guess Chris was engaged in a series of conferences uh, to brainstorm how to deal with the sexual allegations plaguing his brother. And that he was bringing that, of course, as a as a journalist, either advising them or taking cues from them. And since you and I both know our opinion of him, my guess is they were telling him what to do. And he was trying to help his brother out. Of course, this is a guy put forward by CNN as a journalist. So. That outlines exactly the problem with this exact thing, totally predictable, should not have happened. But I think it also plays into this idea that I got from another book you gave me of Elul, Jacques Elul, that an untapped hang up that propaganda might tap in the future, so this is an old book, is this Oedipus complex. So if Andrew Cuomo is the big daddy or Ga- uh, Gavin Newsom out here is the big daddy, they can get taken down and it makes you feel good. It makes you feel purged. But if, Cuomo, if Andrew Cuomo is going to go, you don't need Chris Cuomo anymore. So I think that's also what to watch out for is this guy
1: on the skids. Very interesting. That also makes me think of Bill Gates, the allegations going to him right now.
0: And Melinda's going to rise up. So the Oedipus thing also has the mother emerge. A mother, you marry your mother and you kill your father. So Gates might be that. Um, what's another? There was another big one. Oh, I think that when Mama Kamala, Mama Kamala <laughs> takes over from Biden, that it's going to really be an Oedipal thing.
1: So we have Mother Melinda and Mama Kamala. Mamala. All right. Before we get to our last story of the Free 30, which is going to be about what message everyone's favorite liberty-loving character, Ron Swanson, from the TV show Parks and Recreation, what message he delivered to Congress about vaccines. Don't know if you're going to like it. But before we tell you about that, I want to tell you about what's going to be in the Patron 15, which is a story about Kevin Spacey gets a new and surprising role and the dark psychology of narrative warfare. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, True Hemp Science, TrueHempScience.com. As I like to say, if you're going to follow the science, follow the True Hemp Science.
0: I love that. <laughs>
1: True Hemp Science is your CBD experts. And what makes True Hemp Science different is that they create handcraft quality full spectrum CD products by sourcing the highest grade hemp from around the world. My personal favorite is their Acapoko gold lotion with hemp extract. It was so I love it so much that my friends stole it. And I need to get some more, actually. But it smells great. It feels great on your hands. It's it's got a very natural smell and feel to it. And I freaking love their t shirts. Every time I wear their t shirts because they're really cool looking, I get stopped and somebody says, Hey man, cool shirt. So check out their t shirts, check out their products. They got a wide variety of CBD. These are truly the CBD. Experts. They will answer any questions that you need if you you contact them through their website. And if you use prop code, all caps, prop code 10, you get a 10% discount. Monica, I I know you have some experience with their products as well.
0: Yes. And I do know that they... I, I love every product I've ever gotten from them. I've loved it. And I don't know. It's like Christmas. It's very fun getting a package from them. And I've actually gotten two or three emails saying that we... Chris, our guy, True Hemp Science, made a little gift pack for the first 20 patrons who contacted him. And I keep getting people are so excited when it comes in the mail. I got one testimonial. So I took advantage of the True Hemp Science offer. What a great company. They got the package here in two days and included a personal note with suggested directions. I definitely will be ordering more from them until I start growing my own of course. So that was just a symbolic of a lot of the feedback I've gotten. Everybody loves this guy. He's very s- sweet and he's really in it just to help us. I don't think that it's it's more he likes to be a part of the community and share his uh really high quality products with us. But there he has a package like a skincare package that has the body lotion that you love, the ultra sports muscle rub, which is That's really good. effective. Yeah. And this other thing he never talks about, it's like a smooth skin paste that my feet were a mess this winter because I live in L.A. and I use flip flops even when it's cold and what a disaster. And I started using that and it totally straightened up my feet because I really don't want to go to get pedicures or anything. It's They they like by going COVID and acting like they're cleaner, they're completely not cleaner. It's a total <laughs> bummer. So now I just use those products and I will sincerely and most genuinely recommend those.
1: Yes. Fantastic products. That rub also helps with my knee when it's sore after playing basketball. It's good stuff. True hemp science.com. If you're going to follow the science, follow the true hemp science. And if you haven't yet, consider joining the Propaganda Report Patron. This is how we fund the show and grow the community. And we've talked about our truth sponge level. And today, I want to I focus on our other premium tiers at Propaganda Report uh, Patron. We have... With each higher tier comes with another level of live interactive events with Monica and I, as well as other Patron in your tier. We have a very vibrant and interactive com- community. Uh, for example, you get access to our first Friday disappearing patron parties. We throw back a few drinks, we let our hair down and you never really know what's going to happen in those DPPs, which is why they are called the disappearing patron <laughs> party. And we also have our VIP DPPs. Now, if you think the, the, the regular DPPs, you know, could get wild, there's no telling what will happen in the VIP area. We have our patron saint Zoom parties, which this includes stimulating conversations with patron saints around specific topics selected by patrons themselves. We had a... What was the most recent one we had a conversation on? I'm actually editing a clip of it right now to show show you guys where we talked about healthy, independent living. A lot of great stuff. Yes.
0: Independently healthy living and we were just sharing our personal experiences. I love to share my bone broth secrets and that's what we do. It's really enjoyable and and that one Everyone who participated in it, the only feedback I got was, I feel like we just got started. And that thing went over two hours and there was only 20 people on the call. So that's why we do. The reason we have tiers is so that every escalating level of engagement is so that we have more personal interaction. So if you want to be a part of the Zoom party, a specific topic, we have to do more on the health stuff just Do it for a month and then get out and lower your tier again. So you can do it just to be engaged in this very personal call and then move on. But that's how we do it.
1: Yes. And great stuff. I am going to get a short clip out to everybody by the end of the weekend and maybe sooner. That way you guys can check out what it's about. And you can also get live on air shout outs at some of our premium levels as well. So here's what you do. Go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Browse the tiers. Find the one that's right for you. Check it out. As Monica said, give it a try for a month. If you love it, stay. If you don't, you can you can lower it or, you, you know, you can come back later. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. With that said, on to our final story of the free 30. So are you a fan of the show Parks and Recreation, Monica?
0: I liked it in the beginning for the same reason I used to like Family Guy. I hate Family Guy now. It's just, it's stupid in my opinion. But occasionally it's clever. It's not, it's it's really clever. It does make me laugh sometimes, but not usually because it's like got this profound wit. But usually because it identifies something gross or stupid that, That you just didn't realize was true. And I guess that's humor, but it's not my kind of humor. But in the first season, before it got canceled and renewed, I loved it because Stewie, instead of being a pervert, he was a Nazi. So the baby (laughs) was a Nazi and he hated his mother. And if you're a new mother with a little baby, the kid pees in your face. He bites you. He screams at you. And you think... It's just being a baby and that it still loves you. And you're like, I still love you. You're so cute. You smell good. But a more rational explanation is that it actually hates you. And that was very clever. It was a very way of approaching. Similarly, when I watched Parks and Recreation, I didn't like it generally, but I loved the libertarian because he just took libertarianism you know, he was so unapologetic about it that he would say things that sounded crazy and off- and offensive, like G- government is in a constant battle to destroy you and steal everything that you've worked for, you know, whatever, which I think is true. But people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. Or one of his famous lines was child labor laws are ruining this country. And It's kind of funny, but if you read libertarian treatises on how impoverished countries that darn allowed to let their kids out, the kids starve, you know, I don't know, you know, but I'm not that is that is not the hill I'm going to die on. But he's just funny because he's so unapologetic and shocking that I enjoyed watching the way my dad used to like. Well, it actually has this other thing in it in that my dad used to like all in the family, but he didn't understand why the conservative was such a dope and an a-hole. So, Carol O'Connor was a dope and an a-hole, but he also would say, like, sound conservative things, which would just make my father crazy that it came out of that guy's mouth. And I think that's what the Parks and Recreation guy is all about, but for me, like... He, he was definitely more right than wrong. But I haven't watched the show in a long time. Maybe they had to take it to 11 because that was just too much.
1: I don't know. Well, they have harnessed that energy from, from his liberty-loving character, and they are now using the appeal of that To appeal to liberty loving Midwestern vaccine hesitant people by getting the actor who played Ron Swanson to go to Congress to testify on how much of a gift that vaccines are now. Listen. Yeah, it's cra- crazy. Listen to some of the things that this guy said, the audacity of this dude and the audacity of them to just do this. They're sitting around maybe having a session. Who can we get in here to maybe reach some of these Midwestern farmers? Well, how about that Liberty character from that one show? They'll maybe they'll believe him if we get him in here. And, and that's what they did. So he's tes- <laughs> he's, testifi- he's testifying. He's testifying. It's how they characterize him. Known for playing anti-government Ron Swanson. He testified before Congress on Wednesday to discuss the gift of the COVID-19 vaccine as the daily shots have fallen since last month. So they want to get those shots back up. And Offerman, who is also a woodworker, cited his background as a small business owner and a proud Midwesterner and a big fit family, a farming family. And he says that Americans with experiences and backgrounds similar to his are vaccine hesitant. So he wanted to give them a positive message on the shot, which he called a gift. These are his words. And he goes on to say, I won't be offering medical advice today. I will leave that to the scientists and the medical experts and the smart people. Instead, I would like to lead with my ignorance in these matters to represent the real rest of the citizens who are not epidemiologists and doctors but feet on the ground hands in the dirt people across our country whose lives and livelihood have taken a pounding from the pandemic so he must have been nominated or voted by midwestern vaccine hesitant people to speak for them because he just said he's speaking for them
0: wow Wow, there is so much there that I knew that would blow your mind. Super annoying to me. (laughs) First of all, it's the policy and not the illness that has devastated the community he says he represents. As he's painting that picture of the people with their hands in the dirt, every article I've ever read about how healthy and healthful it is to dig in the dirt, to grow your own food, to live away from the cities, I think to myself, the last thing those people need is to be interfered with when they're not sick and that this idea of how dare you not be how dare you think for yourself try to read the holy texts if you're not an epidemiological priest who you know they're not written in the vernacular etc this is i think this is going to go to where They are really going to regulate the speech that's out there. And the last thing I would say, or the two last things I would say is like, I would like him to introduce himself the way like Marcus Welby, when he did coffee commercials or whatever, had to say, or the actor who played Marcus Welby, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. He should say, I'm not a libertarian, but I play one on TV. And I don't know. I admittedly know nothing about what I'm talking about. So Don't listen to me. But the idea is that it's highly manipulative. And that's what he's doing there is manipulating people. And if we have a minute, I'll give you one other example of similar manipulation.
1: Yes. Let me tell you the final thing that he said that's going to blow your mind. Maybe not in a good way. He talked about his family saying that some members of his family have refused to wear masks and they've refused the vaccine and that there's others that are immunocompromised. So he says that means we all have to avoid the anti-vaxxers. Who we love for the safety of the rest of the family, and he says that we amazing humans have created a vaccine that serves our common good. It do- the vaccine doesn't take sides unless you count alive versus dead.
0: Wow. He is advocating ostracizing non or unvax people, and that makes me wonder. I mean, I don't really read the left stuff. I don't read the neighborhood news. I'm just not very plugged in, but I did notice surrounding the, the, around my kids' schools and stuff that parents have been, I noticed this, like an unusual amount of, uh, smack talking against people. That I just I wouldn't expect like gossip and all that coming out about other parents. It's just we're too old and, uh, you know, it's just trashy. And I realized that one of the people they were talking trash about in my most recent uh, interaction with the school people was a family that is uh, known to be anti-vax that they actually work to not have mandates they'll send the letters to the school to the community from the children's defense fund and i'm thinking i bet there is a kind of understanding that anti-vax people should be ostracized completely from the social scene
1: yeah and you get the biggest liberty loving character on tv to go out and promote that theme
0: Absolutely. Okay, so I have one more example, but I'll save it for the patron 15, and I'll give you a shout-out. From Damon. Of course, I love these. They come in order. I'm not picking and choosing. It is occasionally, if you have a birthday or something, tell me a date and I'll read it. But this is from Damon. A shout out to Monica and Brad for putting on the best daily show in America. I love your commitment to truth and liberty. And your show is now a part of my everyday routine. The community you've built is comprised of some of the nicest people I've met online. And I'm glad to say I'm now a part of that. Thanks, y'all. That is the best thing about This is when people write and say, I don't know anybody. People ostracize me. I don't know anybody in my community who I can have an intelligent conversation with where I'm not judged or cut off. And I get those kind of emails all the time. So, Damon, you're very welcome. And thank thank you you for the shout out. That was a
1: great message. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform at the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content I was telling you about, go to patreon.com propagandareport report and join up there. We will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.